walking with me in these streets cause ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> Those ladies are oh, the best. I like never, ever gets old, ever. It speaks the truth of their soul, my soul. My soul. So many souls. So many souls. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I stopped myself because I didn't want everybody to think that we wrote that and rehearsed it because we didn't. That just actually came from our souls. From the soul. And because <gasps> the internet is magic. Last week yep. on Tell It Anyway Day to Day, which is what this thing, if it were a thing, were called, but it's not a thing, so don't call <laughs> it anything. It's not, like it has it like an, it's not like it has a name. We just no. call it that. It's just in the feed. Just in the feed. We don't even want you to really talk about it. <laughs> it's uh, just between you and you and us. Between you and, you and us, the internet. <laughs> so last week we put out to the world this query of like, Molly found this video and it was amazing. And we were like, well, what the fuck is it? And we're like, do we owe them money? <laughs> yeah. Well, the answer is we do. Because Lisa Glassberg, who is just like the literal number one fan of all things podcast and you and Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt, and she's just like super on point when it comes to the internet, sent us the actual link to the YouTube video, which had been ripped and put into Facebook, which is a whole nother 10 minute conversation. We got to talk, boy, Chad. Yeah, boy, Chad. <laughs> uh, but the actresses are, and the people singing, they're not just actresses, are Jennifer Lewis, Roz Ryan, and Brandy. Yeah, which is so funny because I thought at the time I was like, oh, that lady kind of looks like Brandy. It's Brandy. It's Brandy. So, it's so amazing, and I would still like to know more about the circumstances under which these three wonderful women got together. And recorded this. And recorded this in somebody's house, like, striking <laughs> the keys on a keyboard, which they're obviously doing out of frame. And it's just like, when you've had enough, this is the thing I just want to press play on, on my phone, and just put it in people's faces. And can we hang out? Yeah, can we hang out? Jennifer, Ross, Brandy. Oh, and if you watch the full uh, YouTube video, it goes on and on. Oh. There's like a whole, there's a whole long, like a whole long intro and they're like, oh, and a, yeah, you got to watch the thing. It's 50 seconds as opposed to the little 10 second, like, fucking with me. Yeah, is, it's oh. just the best. It's the best. So uh, thanks to those ladies. Uh, if there's a tip jar on that YouTube video, I will put <laughs> money it. in it. And thanks, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> She's rad. Yeah. Um, so we do this podcast sort of day to day, as in we're day to day, like pitchers, like they're day to day. Like we're not all right. We're, we're not, not all right. right. We're day to day. Questionable. Uh, and questionable. we don't do this little <laughs> tell it anyway uh, snippet because A, I should be editing the actual tell it anyway, which I have one in the in the bank that I need to edit that I'm going to do this weekend. But the wonderful people who listen to this show go for so very long without hearing an official episode that every once in a while we put something else in the feed. But we don't do it unless something triggers the worthy of discussion button. Mm -hmm. And actually, two things did today. Mm -hmm. How about them apples? Yeah, like just imagine a day going by and us sending each other links and being like, my God. And then, and then going like, oh, we should totally podcast about this later. Right. So which one of these golden gems of internet outrage would you like to delve into first? Man, I actually have to say that 
we should start with the newer and less obvious yes. choice, which is this crazy variety Yahoo story. Yes. So to set it up, a Variety, which as we all know is a Hollywood trade publication, came out with a cover article this week. And it is a very highly stylized artistic picture of, am I going to say my own ex-boss's name right? Marissa Meyer? Does anybody ever? I, I mean, so I wouldn't worry about that. So I'm going to say it two ways. So Marissa I say Meyer, Meyer. Marissa Meyer. No, it's Meyer. I know it is. Yeah. Um, it's like the wiener. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of wieners. So Variety puts out this picture this art of marissa meyer carrying what seems to be a cross on her back in some very heavy laden christian imagery except it's not a cross it's a y get it it's a y and then the article is some sort of insanely gendered hit piece i'm just gonna come out and say it mm-hmm. on a female ceo who has somehow magically failed to save a dying internet company that disclaimer i used to work for yeah it is mean it is mean like it calls her i mean the headline calls her a false prophet yahoo's false prophet oh. how marissa meyer failed to turn the company around like is this the i'm just trying to remember back in time to a period when any CEO came in for this much vitriol and this much personal assumption of liability. Mm -hmm. Like, what about the United CEO who like drove around in his fucking Ferrari and started a special route just to suck up to the New Jersey like Port Authority guy. He didn't, do you see a hit piece in Variety about him? No, he just quietly went away. And that a is just cover one hit piece. Example, a, a cover, cover hit piece. Hit piece. Of her, by the way, looking like ass on a cracker in like a lady business pantsuit and pumps, like sensible pumps. Like it is so dickish. Yeah. Rage filling. And by the way, let's just be clear. I want to make this perfectly clear. That lady fired me. Yeah. And I'm still mad. She yeah. didn't personally. She didn't. And fired makes it sound like you did a damn thing wrong. No, which you're is right. Also not true. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. My feeling is if there were a male CEO that had the equivalent amount of time to do this and fail, they'd be like, well, Yahoo was just a shit. It was show. unsavable. It's unsavable. Unsavable. And is anyone doing that here? No. 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 Not a word. They're talking about her poor track record of deal making. She's been out of her depth. She was boasting Silicon Valley chops because she was Google's first female engineer. No, I mean, it is so blatant, I guess. It's like being hit with a truck of assholery, like gendered assholery. Uh, Gendered assholery is going to be my new Bangles cover band. (laughs) I'm just going to make it a hashtag. Yeah, it's a dude. Yeah, of course it's a dude. And now this is the part where in real time on the show, I have to look up like New York digital editor Todd Spangler's all of his other stories ever. While you do that, I'm going to say something that's frustrating Mm -hmm. because I think this is the most gendered piece of ass crap writing I've ever seen. Mm. However, it's not wrong. Not all of it. Okay. So without busting my NDA and having the Yahoo cops come bust me down. <laughs> yes. What I, and if that happens on camera, oh my God, call my mom. But what I would... <laughs> okay, got it. What I would say is 
I think there might have been another way to go with this company that I worked at for some time that could have saved certain parts of it, could have made it a very tempting acquisition for a really respectable media company. Mm -hmm. Because when I showed up there, the Yahoo homepage was king shit Jesus of traffic. Yep. You put something on it and America saw it. And and I only showed up there in late 2010, by which time, like, maybe, you know, two-thirds of America saw it. Like, it had already, people had moved on. Mm-hmm. But they had a rigid set of rules. They followed them religiously, and stuff got traffic. And that made advertisers happy. And happy advertisers meant lots of money. And on and on the the, the cycle went. Then a couple of bad things happened, like, you know, they hired a CEO without a college degree or whatnot who lied about his education or whatnot. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> that wasn't so good. He didn't. I don't think he got a hit piece in Variety. Uh, well, no, he got the entire shame of the Internet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. True. <laughs> it's almost like that's like slapping a fish in a barrel. That would be like a little too mean. Yeah. Right. He's already down. It was so brazen. And meanwhile, just for a little background, there was a smart guy running the media org and his name was Ross Levinson. And he looked like maybe the guy that would take Yahoo over. And there was a lot of this is reported now. This is all from reported, not from my personal experience Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that Ross's plan was to just like decimate Yahoo and make it a media. It make it like a higher quality demand media. Right. Right. Fine. That's a choice. You're going to be a media company that puts stuff out on the Web. I'll bet. Somebody would have bought it and they would have been very happy with the fire hose of traffic that Yahoo gave them. That's the alternate reality. Mm -hmm. But there was this one little complication. Ross was down here in in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and Yahoo up in Sunnyvale, you know, where it originated, still saw itself as a tech company. Right. Old school Web 1.0 tech company. Those people up there, they'd be goddamned if some Southern, you know, <laughs> LA media centric super tan jerk off was going to run <laughs> Yahoo. Huh? And right. so they came up with this Hail Mary of hiring a very well known in the Valley tech exec who was kind of just like hanging out, waiting to to see her future unfold because her future had not been unfolding the way she wanted at Google. All again, all public. And she shows up at Yahoo. And let me tell you how I first met Marissa. I never met her face to face, but the first time I ever saw her in person, she was bazillion months pregnant, mm-hmm. wearing a beautiful dress and a floppy sun hat, standing on a tennis court, talking to us. And let me tell you, she basically did a drop dead press conference. She talked to us for an hour and a half mm. about the future of Yahoo standing up in the hot summer sun, super pregnant. Wow. And I was just like, this lady cares. Yeah. She cares. And the standard Mm. thing that my friends used to say is, when we are fired by Marissa, it will be an honor. (laughs) Oh, well, that's the thing is like, I always have gotten the sense that internally people really did think, that's what's so frustrating about this piece is that not only is it regurgitated and... Lazy, you know, well, and it's also like, it's the piece that's been written 30 times now. Like, how are you just coming around to this now? But on top of that, none of these pieces ever say that people really believed in her. Yeah, I did. I still kind of do. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that there, I think if you're going to, and I don't want to get too much further down this rabbit hole because then we're going to actually be like bored. But except that I thought you had actual ideas though for, I mean, I, about how it could have gone differently. Yeah. Do you think the media, the thing I liked about them bringing Marissa on was that it was so focused on, it said like, okay, this is a product person. We are bringing her in to do technology product. Like at least that was a path. Because you could always see Yahoo's two-headed monster problem, which was like, it's either tech or it's media. And I was at CNET at the time and later owned by CBS, which had exactly the same tension between product and editorial. Right. Yahoo just had it on a way grander scale. Right. Because all their products were janky ass. Right. And didn't need to be. And I mean that in the fondest way. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with love, like my uh, 1984 Toyota Corolla. Right. That is the right goal if you're in the Valley. If you're in Silicon Valley, it is the right goal to remake Yahoo and by acquisition and by all your Alibaba money and everything. Fine. <laughs> Except the only thing Yahoo does right and ever did right was selling ad space mm. to advertisers. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing in that article that was absolutely correct is that by all published accounts and certainly none of my own information, Yahoo lawyers... Uh, Marissa did not give two squats about talking to advertisers. Oh, that's a problem. So to wrap it up, the core thing, the thing that you and I were basically like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Is that they use language in that Variety article that they never would have used if it were Mr. Meyer. I just don't think they would have. I really don't. I don't think it's this nasty if it's not an attractive, ambitious 40-year-old woman. Yeah. I just really don't. And we, and this has also been a conversation that's been had before, but like, it's just like Jill Abramson and the Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, you're, if I'm going to violate my NDA, you go violate yours. I didn't even have an NDA. That one was like so, they don't care, kidding. They yeah. couldn't be bothered to give me an NDA. No, it's just like that. Like, oh, you got unceremoniously shit-canned because you're, you're mercurial and hard to work with? Like, she's in journalism. Those are actually the two things that you get hired for. Yeah. Like, you can't get hired unless you are mercurial and hard to work with. Like, everybody in journalism is essentially a sociopath. That's actually empirically true, by the way. There's, like, a study (laughs) about that. Journalists are, like, the fourth most likely to be a sociopath profession. And you're like, she was too annoying and difficult and hard to work with, and she made these, like, capricious decisions and didn't have the support of the blow. And it's like... Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I'm sorry, compared to the guys who came before? Like, that's the part that's so frustrating. Like, no other CEO of a fucking publicly traded company, just a a company for God's sake. You don't see Jamie Dimon, arguably significantly responsible for the global economic collapse of Mm -hmm. 2008 on the cover of Variety with like, I don't know, a cartoon of carrying the world on his back, like false profit, Trickle down doesn't work. Rich people get richer. He broke the world. Mm-hmm. None of that None shit. None of that. And here she is. And you got her in her little pumps. Like, yeah. God. Yeah. False profit my ass. And so like, you know how the petty, there's always the petty side of one that wants to sort of revel in the schadenfreude of the company that you being fired from <laughs> not succeeding after you left. Yeah. Like, I don't even feel that. I should feel that. I don't feel that. I feel yep. 
pissed off and I think that it should it could have worked it was just as likely to work as not work mm-hmm. and it didn't work well and don't anybody dare even try to tell me either that Marissa Meyer should have done what Tim Armstrong did at AOL because AOL got bought yeah show me the turnaround story comparable to what would have had to occur at Yahoo it's just nasty I think it's just nasty and it's so personal that it's just like who show me who else gets this kind of scrutiny yeah And then you can stand on that hill and call her a false prophet, which is just so offensive on every level. So speaking of, (laughs) (sighs) yeah, as if we weren't mad enough. I know. Let's do more. Speaking (laughs) of. There should be wine on the show. There should be wine on the show. (laughs) I ate a bagel that was close enough. Carbs are my wine. So speaking of people in Silicon Valley with driven purpose. Man. (laughs) Would you like to set this one up? I think that everything related to Peter Thiel, Gawker, and Hulk Hogan is like the single greatest unfolding story (laughs) I can even think of in recent memory. I mean, I am mesmerized by this. It has everything. It has everything. It has like utterly despicable like villains or or antiheroes. It has a sex tape. It has professional wrestling. And now it has... A crazy billionaire who's so eccentric that he got his own parody character on Silicon Valley. Like, and then you have the whole, and then you have the whole collision of media conversations about like the first amendment and squashing speech and then like what kind of speech should be protected and then, but we don't like them. And then, wow. But here's what actually happened. So in a sentence, let me see if I can do this in a sentence. Yeah, do. Yeah. Sorry. A man (laughs) named Terry Bollea, who's better known to the masses as Hulk Hogan the professional wrestler from the 80s. Brother. Brother. Somehow accidentally had a sex tape released. I guess Gawker. the Gawker uh, published it. Gawker published it, right? And Gawker is this online magazine that has a long history in Silicon Valley uh, as the runners of something called Valley Wag, which finally closed in 2015, that did a lot of really shitacious, speculative, gossipy, unnecessary reporting i wouldn't even call it reporting it was it was page six it was a gossip rag it was page six for the valley right and i can't speak to it in the first hand because i wasn't there but it (laughs) pissed a lot of people off including this guy named peter teal who (laughs) started out at paypal made a lot of money there was like i have a spare five hundred thousand dollars what's this facebook company I shall be the first ever outside investor in it. And now he's like, billionaire. Maybe. Is he a billionaire? Well, that's been in some question. I think he might be a billionaire by now, but like for a while. Anyway, he's super rich. And he also is a bit of a cultural hero in the Valley because he sort of set the tone for a lot of management techniques and was really one of the early super successful investors. He's got a book about, you know, he's got a book called Zero to One that people just like revere. They talk about it like a management Bible. Right. And as it happens, he is super quirky, like right. really eccentric. So Gawker did some, I would say, pretty crappy gossip about him back in the day uh, in which they they didn't even speculate. They just outed him. They outed him. They outed him. And they say it was for a good purpose, which is to say, why do VCs have to be in the closet because it's such a white, straight male dominated thing they also claimed that it was an open secret in the valley that he wasn't really in the closet he wasn't living in the closet that everybody in the valley knew it and only the valley anyway it was like a little anything from the last 10 years and and this goes without saying 
it is a person's individual right to decide when they share anything about their lives that they're not ready to share. Have we? Well, I do. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's interesting because you were arguing something slightly different, which is uh, what they said is this is a public fe- figure who could who has an opportunity to do a lot of good in the valley by acknowledging his sexuality and encourage up and coming pushed him. They pushed him out of the closet. They pushed him out of the closet. But anyway, either way, like whatever the morality of it was, they were, he was dickish and, and they could have done it better. Super dickish. Yeah. Or just don't do it. But, but, but but, so anyway, that's the crux of the entire argument. Okay. So we didn't even get to the part where, we haven't even gotten to the part where he bankrolled the, okay. Okay. So Peter Thiel decides, uh, that he hates Nick Denton and Gawker with the passion of a white hot heat of a thousand suns. Mm -hmm. And so he looks around and he actively has his lawyer find cases that he can bankroll that will destroy Gawker. Yeah. He is like, I am going to get you no matter what it takes. And I'm going to sit back and wait. And now here's the thing about the target, right? Right. He's like, I know you're going to fuck up. Like, I know that at some point you are going to libel someone. Mm-hmm. You are going to cross the line because you're that's going what, to publish a sex tape you shouldn't publish. Right. Because it's arguably like your entire business model. And so I'm just going to sit here with my money and I'm going to wait for the right defendant to come along. And it turned out that that defendant was Hulk Hogan, brother. Who would have ever known? Who would have ever thought? So as this case went on, a couple of weird things happened. And apologies if you were following this obsessively, but I feel like other people probably weren't as much as us in the media. As this case went on, a couple of weird things happened. One is that uh, Terry Bollea, Hulk Hogan, consistently refused to settle the case. He was like, nope, I'm going to keep fighting. And he turned down a provision that would have allowed Gawker's insurance company to pay the damages. That was the key. And that was when people started to go, wait a second. Because usually when somebody sues a company, what they're really trying to get at is the insurance money. Right. But when he said, no, I don't want insurance to pay for this. I want the Gawker empire to pay specifically. Then all of a sudden, and and Nick Denton started speculating and apparently people in the courtroom were speculating like, man, somebody must be bankrolling this because there's no way that Hulk Hogan can just continue to keep fighting, can afford to, you know, I mean, he did decently well, but like this is expensive litigation. And if you lose, it's, you get nothing. And And yet he just kept going and going and going and eventually wins. And the judge awards a $140 million verdict. And then it comes out, no pun intended, <laughs> that Peter Thiel is the guy who's bankrupt, bankrolled this. And by it comes out, it's not like it was rumored. It was rumored for like a hot second. And then Peter Thiel was like, I'm the guy. He's I like, did I did it. it. I did it. it. And in fact, I consider it my greatest philanthropic effort. That's what he said. Yeah. He has previously compared Valleywag and its writers to Al-Qaeda. <laughs> he said it's more appropriate to consider them terrorists than it is to consider them journalists. And he, and he was like, yeah, no, I was just, I've been bankrolling these cases all along, just waiting for the right one to do the right thing. This, this, because this enterprise, Valleywag and Gawker, need to go away. So now the Gawker legal team tried to have the verdict overturned right. in light of that 
revelation. The judge was like, sorry, we don't care who pays. Hmm. You know, the fact is you libeled them or you, I can't remember what the actual verdict, you fucked up. Like you published this thing and you shouldn't have, and you got to pay the $140 million. And now Gawker is like putting itself on the block for sale. I mean, this could potentially cost everyone who works there their their jobs. Okay. And now we get to the controversy, the controversy. The controversy. So like the Marissa Meyer thing, I am of two exact minds about this, Mm -hmm. and both of them I can see pretty equally. Number one could be best summed up as a paraphrase of a poem, which is, first they came for Gawker, and I said nothing, because Gawker is a bunch of douches. Yep. Then they came for Kara Swisher, because she exerts too much influence. Mm-hmm. Then they came for like, and it goes on and on and on. And finally, you're left with no independent reportage on technology, let alone the New York Times or the Washington Post, because I don't even think Peter Thiel could go after them from out here. And like that just wouldn't happen. I'm specifically talking about tech press. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. that is number one. I think it's a crap move. I think it's bad for our our free press, and I think it sets a hugely dangerous, not even a precedent, not even like a legal precedent. I think it sets like a, you know how like everybody on your block wants a Tesla and then everybody on your block wants a flying car and then everybody on your block wants a spaceship? Like Mm. who's to say that this doesn't set a Silicon Valley trend of billionaires setting out to destroy legally their greatest competition? Yeah, you're saying it escalates. It leads to escalation. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that is my take. On the other hand, Gawker was disgusting Mm -hmm. in many, many ways. And continues Mm -hmm. to be disgusting. Mm -hmm. And yes, they've done really good reporting on really legitimate stuff. But they, to me, if I were under the scrutiny of Gawker, I would have a panic attack. And then I would run away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I spent years as an only, the most marginally well-known person in the tech industry, like terrified that Valley Wig would ever notice me. Right. <laughs> like in terror. However, a taking, so I am more inclined to take away the morality of the parties at all mm-hmm. and say, this only happens if Gawker breaks the rules. Because hmm. he could have bankrolled websites to the, I mean, it is expensive for a media company to have to litigate. That is true. And so it could become a very chilling tactic for billionaires to try to bankroll web, to try to bankroll lawsuits against media companies if they decided that that was the way they were going to try to silence speech. However, for one thing, that's not a totally new model in America at all, right? For another thing, it takes a particularly vindictive soul and it also takes a good case. Right. Like they lost it. According to a jury of their, like they were judged guilty by a jury. So no matter how much money he spent, he still could have lost. So so to me, it's sort of like, I don't like it as a strategy. I feel like it's unlikely to become a precedent. Like I don't see like Mark Cuban being like, oh, good idea. I never thought of that. Until those libel laws are changed. And that's where Donald Trump comes into the picture because mm-hmm. he, he apparently wants to change them so that he can just go around putting newspapers out of business. Now, that's scary. But so far in journalism, there's a very high bar of proof for legally actionable behavior. So it's, where is your outrage? 
I think that it's super crazy behavior. I think I'm not, I feel like I, where I'm torn is that I feel like I should be more outraged. But in fact, I feel like this is all a set of circumstances that our system allows that won't work when the companies have done defensible work or non-legally actionable work. And that isn't likely to be that common. Like, I just really don't think it's going to be that common. Now, talk to me if, if Trump gets elected. But even then, it will be so hard to convince Congress to weaken libel laws that have protected the free press in this country for 200 years. Is it that difficult? I mean, I think sweeping change is hard to come by. You're accepting the premise that, well, I'm not going to go down Trump road because that's a whole nother episode, but Trump road's a whole different episode. Yeah. All right. So but I, my I want to outrage is actually, I mean, I, do I think it's crazy? Yes. Do I think it violates all laws of proportionality? Absolutely. I think like people raise very serious questions about if this is what he does secretly does. Like Anil Dash tweeted, so if this is what Teal secretly does to multi-million dollar corporations, what does he secretly do to individual people he doesn't like? Yeah. Or to startups. Like he's not a very nice person. So clearly. I want to even say out. that with all appropriate fear because yeah. I don't want to get sued out of it. But I'm not going to get sued out of existence because I didn't just break the law. Right. You expressed an opinion. Yep. Like none of this is to excuse his behavior or say that in any way he's not batshit. Like I want, cuckoo. But, but I this want is the what world to be fair. Right. Exactly. And it's totally this is what we allow people <laughs> with shit tons of money to do in this country. They're allowed to do it. And then the only thing that we can hope for is that the legal system protects us when they when they come for us. And I know that that has been precarious and that it does. there's no reason to think that it will like last forever in America. But I just really don't think – I think that the army of billionaires – the army of white guy billionaires is already doing so much scary shit. I mean one of them fucking bought a newspaper. Yeah. I'm like way more worried about Jeff Bezos – owning the Washington Post than I am about Peter Thiel secretly financing lawsuits against the like nasty minded website that outed him. Cause if they hadn't broken the law, he would never, he wouldn't have won. He could have been a war of attrition. Yes. They, he could have kept suing them and they would have eventually had to like give up and go out of business. But that's happened to gossip rags since the beginning of time, because it's a very dangerous game to play. Molly. I have to get mad about something. What okay. am I allowed to be mad about in this situation? Oh, my God. There's so much to be mad about in the world. Oh, I mean, there's tons of, like, I don't know. I'm not saying you can't be mad about this. I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm not more mad about this. I'm confused. Am I growing up? <laughs> am, I, am I a moral relativist? Is I that it? Are you just preparing for the Trumpdom? No. I think it's that, like... The Trump Dome. I'm sorry. The Trump, the Trump Dome. Dome. Yes. I, that's Maybe that's what... I've been training really hard for fighting in the Trump Dome, and so I'm a maybe little tired. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a... Believe me, I've done my share of talking about slippery slopes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe there's a drinking game related to it somewhere out there on the internet. <laughs> this does not feel like that to me. This feels like there's a lot of ways that these guys have already taken control of the media that are a lot more insidious. Okay. All right, we need to end with something fun. Okay. We just did two big I don't topics. want nobody. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Uh, let's see. What happened that was fun? Uh, fucking with me and Easterites. I don't know. What has happened that fun? It was my birthday. What did you do for your birthday? <laughs> I am growing up. That's the problem. <laughs> <gasps> um, For my birthday, I had, I like went to a fireworks game and then I had a whole day long. Wait, what's potluck. a fireworks game? Oh, yeah. So the Oakland A's, a lot of baseball teams have fireworks after a couple of right. their games every year. But the way the Oakland A's do it is they let you go and lay on the field after the game and they do fireworks that are themed to music. And so this was, that was set to the theme music of Greece and it was outstanding. And it's like a 25 minute long fireworks show. Like it's a great fireworks show and they're going off right over you. Like it's like the best fireworks show that you will ever See, it's amazing. Anyway, I love it. It's like a, one of my traditions. Since I moved here, it's the reason I'm an A's fan, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I saw them get blown out by the Yankees, and then I watched the fireworks. And then I had an <laughs> all-day brunch potluck that turned into a Warriors viewing party, so I had like a 10-hour birthday party. <laughs> Pretty good. And then the next night, I went to uh, Pub Trivia. Nice. Ooh, what's your Pub Trivia name? Your Pub Trivia name could be, what was it, Gender Dast's Holery? Oh, Gender Dast's Holery. Yeah, yeah, ours ours was... Uh, Counterfeit Speculum and the Birthday Girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent the weekend having a panic attack about my house, a panic attack mm. about my life, and a panic attack about being new at my job. Well, fuck. No wonder you want to be mad about Peter Thiel. I know. I just it's like, transference. Give me something to rage on. Okay. He sucks. Yeah. A-hole. A-hole. Jerk factory. He's in a ruined media. Yeah. He is doing a perfectly good job of ruining itself. Let's be clear. No, I know. That's our other show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's Uh, be mad about poor Marissa Meyer. Yeah. I think that's actually something we could be legitimately mad about. I think that's fair. It's just so, it's just so personal. What happened to, that's exactly what it, what happened to, it is not personal. It is just business. Why with her is it personal? Because she's a millionaire, a multimillionaire, and she dares to live in the Four Seasons. And yeah. she has Chihuly Glass on her apartment building. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. You and just don't like And she has a like giggly her. voice. You know what? Oh, my God. We're back circular to episode one. She, <laughs> has, a, she has a voice that people consider not appropriate, gendered word, for a CEO. She is uh, hmm. a ghost. She goes, and people she does. want to fucking crucify her for it and apparently in in art form yes yeah and you know what fuck you she has a bazillion degrees in symbolic systems from stanford yeah she's pretty unqualified genius yeah and not unqualified as an unqualified to be a ceo i mean like as in there are no there are no qualifications attached to her actual genius yeah so maybe she is not the one who could have saved Yahoo, but maybe in a different set of circumstances and the right hire of the right number two, she might have been. And maybe no one could. Yeah. Which I think is a fair assumption. Yeah. That's where that article should have started. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it out. I'm going to rewrite the article. That's where it right should now. have started. Yeah. Let's just put it out there that we're all pretty certain Yahoo could not have been saved, that mm-hmm. its time had passed, that its fire hose of traffic was rapidly turning into a fire hose of racist, homophobic comments in the, you know, below every single article. Let's assume that the ad revenue was going to go somewhere else. And let's all give Marissa Mayer, Meyer, Mayer, Meyer, potato, potato. <laughs> Wiener. Wiener. <laughs> A 
a fucking hand for actually caring enough to try instead of just yep. having a nice life. Well, yeah, because she could have come in there, axed half of the company, sold it off in pieces like a McKinsey consultant. Yep. And lived a perfectly nice life. And instead she worked, she took a two-week maternity leave. Yeah. Worked her fucking ass off. Like, you want to know why she looks like ass in a cracker in all of those pictures that you so helpfully splatter all over the internet every time you write about her? Because she's tired. Amen, sister. I mean, there's really only one more thing that I could possibly think to say. Hmm. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I don't want no want nobody fucking with, with me in the streets. Uh-uh. My favorite part is the uh-uh. uh-uh. Like, I literally flex my guns when I do that uh-uh. uh-uh. You can't All see right. it. It's impressive. Well, to Marissa, may I raise a glass of, like, the literal world's most expensive champagne to you. Because you deserve it, Mama. Because you deserve it, Mama. I hope you get that $55 million severance, but please don't do it at the expense of any of my friends. Take a goddamn vacation. Take a goddamn vacation. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Tell It Anyway Day to Day, the show where we work hard to find things to be mad about. <laughs> because you know what? It makes us feel better. You know We're what? Ha- I'm going on a food tour of Hollywood right now. Life is good. Uh-uh. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to go watch the Warriors game. So get it on, Warriors. Get it on. All right. We'll talk to you the next time we're mad. Oh, my God. We'll talk to you the next time we're mad is like the greatest sig out <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time. The what? Shit. 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 <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>